0: Welcome back to Pod is a Woman, an honest, unfiltered conversation about the current state of politics and pop culture from three veterans of the Obama White House, who also happen to be friends. I'm Alejandra. I'm Darian. And I'm Johanna. And we are fresh off watching the inauguration. I don't know about you
1: guys, but there's a lot of feels going on. What were your impressions? What are you feeling? I felt like I was experiencing so many different emotions at the same time, but also holding my breath and letting out a sigh of relief all at the same time, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, well, we were there 12 years ago. I remember because I was on the inauguration planning team, we were planning all these images that the world would see. And during a pandemic, this time is so very different, but I think the grace, the humility, the the real feelings that I wanted to be motivated by, that I was even a little skeptical of how they could pull off during Mm -hmm. this time. It was all there. And I'm just so glad to see Republicans and Democrats together, leaders, standing on a stage talking about our future.
0: Here's the thing. Two weeks ago, the Capitol looked very different. When you see that we have images of unity, of solidarity, of also... Just tradition. I think a lot of that symbolism was really important for all of us to experience together. It sends a signal. You know, when you look out at the mall and you see all those flags, it sends a signal not just to our country, but to the rest of the world.
1: You're right, Alejandra. And I think when, to your earlier point, Johanna, the unity and the ability to be bipartisan in our desire to bring the country back together, everything from the attendance at church with both leaders this morning to the remarks that were made during the gift-giving ceremony after the inauguration and the speeches had commenced. There's so much power in that, and I think that we are all, as a country, wanting our leadership, our political leadership, our government leadership to come back together, and today was a really powerful and important step in that process.
2: For me, it started with the prayer, and even the prayer calling to a more perfect union, which is, you know, what America is based on. And I know we're not perfect, right? And you had every speaker speak to that. And it's like, it goes back to early in the Obama campaign when he said, I will never be perfect, but I'm going to try every day to be do better. And that's what we all did. And that was so ever present in every speech. I just loved it. Well, if we're talking
1: about what was perfect, can we talk about the outfits? And I feel like today was an amazing day for coats. Just the jewel tones and the accents and the gloves, everything was so incredible. What did you think?
2: Oh, absolutely. And the fact that people had to get decked out with masks Was something that we have not seen designers have to perfect. (laughs) So, you know, I don't like the image of the first female vice president walking out in a mask, but certainly, you know, every single speaker was able to take off their mask for a graceful um, swearing in ceremony and for a graceful moment. And I thought those images really told a story of our future. Well, see, I I did like
0: seeing her and all of them in a mask. I mean, the fact that you had every Republican wearing a mask from Pence on down, that also was a statement. You know, we're kind of in this reset moment, and all eyes were on the Capitol today to see were people going to play nice, were people going to shake hands, you know, how were people going to show up on all these different levels? And I think that that was a return to respect and a return to unity around what is the right way forward. And the mask was just one of those symbols. It wasn't like what we saw in the Capitol the week before where some people had them on or were pulling them off. You
1: know, we were all on the same page. That's right. I feel very similarly in that there was something about seeing all of our leaders wearing masks that indicates to the rest of the country the importance of it and that safety guidelines and protocols were being followed. And And they were
0: cleaning the podium after each person. (laughs) Yeah. There was a guy who would just appear out of nowhere with like a spray bottle or something. <laughs> and right wipe up. everything down. I did were, notice that. Were you guys thinking when that would happen that it was kind of interesting that they kept cleaning the podium, but everyone was speaking into the same microphone? I
2: know, right? <laughs> that was the part that I was like, oh, Change the mic covers. Well, you know, I, it is. You're, you're right, Alejandra, that it's a good signal. I just wish we weren't in this spot. And we're in this spot because we took for granted a government that actually has functioned, not perfectly, but needs to make progress. And so it was interesting. I walked in on my son, you know, as a mother, I've spent four years trying to shield my son from some of the hateful rhetoric of a president. And I walked in on my son's class watching on Zoom. And I was like, oh, this is what, you know, this is supposed to look like when a leader stands up for our kids let's talk about a leader standing
0: up, which is after Biden was sworn in his very, I think, consequential speech that he gave. You know, it was such a call for unity. And I know that, you know, people are parsing apart all the different pieces of it. But he had this through line that this was about a cause, which is democracy, not about a candidate, not about him, that the American story depends on all of us is what he said, not just one person. And it was such a departure from what we heard before and such an important statement to come out the gate and make sure that he makes clear what kind of president he's going to be, one for every American. Again, he called out, whether or not you voted for me, I'm going to have your best interests at heart. And I
1: thought that was absolutely the right tone to have today. Well, I think it's important to note that he is a president and will be a president that leans into his emotions and leans into grace and humility, but also a tenderness. And he comes to this presidency as a man who has seen so much and experienced so much grief and so much loss in his life, but has also seen how when democracy works well is when we're all trying to work together, when we're reaching across the aisle. And he was really able to convey that. And just the simple line of democracy prevails, And that has a hopeful and optimistic tinge to it in that we will get through it. We as a country have seen really hard times. And yes, we are experiencing some of the most challenging times we could ever imagine, some of the most challenging times of this generation, certainly, but we will prevail.
2: What America can be, like to all of us and to the world. I agree, Darian. And, you know, you're right, Alejandra, this is it's important for for people to be reminded that we strive together and i always say and we all know you know we saw the stresses of this office up close as you know white house um, staff and if we expect one person one man to heal all of america or to carry our democracy we are going to be continually disappointed but when we all work together there is nothing that will stop America's greatness. And I thought it was so poignant that so many voices were were part of this service. You know what else
0: jumped out to me was he spoke a lot about souls, right? Your soul, the nation's soul, which is, again, just language that we haven't heard for so long. I'm not only stating that his whole soul is in this job, but also talking about, you know, what kind of soul we want to show of humility, of tolerance towards each other, of of standing in each other's shoes. And he said something that I think only he can say, which is, you know, I know what it's like that fate will deal you things sometimes that Mm -hmm. you can't account for. And I think all of us collectively as a country are at that point, you know, who could have known a year ago that this is where we'd be sitting right now. But The interesting frame that he added where sometimes you lend a hand, sometimes you need a hand. He knows what it's like to be up. He knows what it's like to be down. And I think right now we're experiencing, you know, whether our side wins or loses, there is a certain level of humility that we have to show towards each other because you never know when things change again.
2: Yeah. Well, And to that point, Alejandra, I think that that's speaking to Democrats as much as it is to Republicans. And I think this moment where anybody thinks we're always right all the time, like (laughs) we've been there, like there's never a right decision when it gets to the Mm -hmm. president. It's always an awful decision. And so can we figure out giving each other a little bit more grace all across the board so that we can try to find those shared values again? And Both of
1: you, when I hear you say that, I think about how we unite this country and how do we look to the shared values and how do we bring Republicans and people who are so tired of what has happened to this country, so tired of how divisive things have gotten. It provides an opportunity to bring people. Into the fold, and you know, create this bigger table and allow for there to be more voices in the room, and to do so without shame, to be able to admit when you've been wrong on both sides of the aisle. To your earlier point, Johanna, we've all been wrong in some sense, and to be able to come back in with that grace and with that ability to partner on making this country what we all hope it to be, what we all desire for this country to be is so important and was such a important through line in his messaging.
0: Oh, well, because I think one of the bottom lines is trust. You know, so much yeah.
1: trust has been eroded between the American people
0: and our government and restoring that mm-hmm. and telling people point blank, I'm always going to level with you. You know, whether it's good or bad, I'm always going to level with you. I'm going to tell you the truth. And how much further that'll go for us as a country if we're able to trust what we're hearing from the podium,
2: from the press secretary, from the president? And that is going to be such an uphill battle that this administration is going to face. And it's interesting because... I hope that we don't all just go into our own little worlds of isolation Mm -hmm. because I think that that's detrimental. You know, like you guys know I'm married. I don't agree with my husband on everything. I don't agree with any you know, one family member on everything. I don't agree with a party on everything. I don't think anyone should expect that. What we do agree on is that we're Americans and that we can do better, that Mm -hmm. we can move towards, right?
0: And what we do agree on is what a thrill it was to see Kamala Harris be
1: sworn in as our vice president. For as much as I enjoyed watching President Biden be sworn in, there was something about having my two little girls who one is going to be five years old tomorrow and the other is six, watching them see her get sworn in was so powerful and it's what stopped me in my tracks and brought tears to my eyes because they see someone who looks like them and they said, you know, mommy, she's got the same hair as you and mommy, you look like her, that she saw me in her and then hopefully that they see themselves in her and that there is no limit to what you can do and what you can be in this country.
0: Yeah, I think we all did. I think we all saw a piece of ourselves in her And that's really the magic of, you know, what she stands for, in addition to what an impressive, phenomenal woman that she is. I saw her several times during the ceremony, kind of looking around, and it kind of looked like she was trying to take in the moment. And you also Mm -hmm. recognize the fact that we've all been there. We were all there in day one at the White House when you walk into the West Wing for the first time, and and you're kind of having those, don't forget this, memorize this, (laughs) like, keep this in your brain somehow. And... And to see her kind of going through that in real time and just kind of feel that pride, the look on her face when she was being sworn in was really beautiful. And and I know that, that she's ready to hit the ground running too.
2: You're right, because, you know, when you're there in that moment in history, sometimes you can get like all the people around you are kind of, you know, like talking to you and you're not necessarily focused on this moment as the historic part of the long line of American leaders I agree with you that it I'm so glad she did that because um, so often you don't have that perspective but I think she does and I messaged a friend to ask what her Secret service code name was because I saw another friend ask about it and the the Secret Service code name is is what the Secret Service calls the principal. So whether it's the president or vice president. So when President Obama was president, it was renegade. So it's renegade on the move, renegade in the car. Um, so now that it's going to be Vice President Harris, they have uh, pioneers. So it's pioneers on the move, pioneer in the car. Um, so she knows what uh, role she has in history.
1: And she truly is. And seeing her in those pinch me moments, where you know that this is as they say with supermajority, the first but not the last. And there's so much hope for what she will continue to do, what she will do as the vice president and her political career. And it just opens the doors for so many other women.
0: Were you guys watching Doug Emhoff the way that I was too? Because I was really watching him and his, his reactions. And remember when they both descend, or I should say ascend the stairs together when they first arrived? And I was looking at where they were all standing in relation to each other, because there is protocol, you know, who stands where. And and you could see him also, you know, just kind of figuring out in real time and, and getting used to a, a life in a role that I'm sure he never imagined for himself. And so it'll be really exciting. To to see what his priorities are, because as second gentleman, he's going to have his own priorities and his own initiatives that he launches. And so that dynamic between them and just the kind of gender norm stereotypes that that's also breaking mm-hmm. is really significant.
1: One of the things that I will say in seeing the partners, everyone from Doug to Dr. Biden to Mrs. Obama, just the sheer elation and joy that they felt for their partners, the support that they were providing them. I was overjoyed. And as I watch president Biden and Dr. Biden get ready to walk into the cross halls for the first time, the cross halls, it's the open front room of the white house, the embrace that they shared where he pulled her in and he kissed her on the top of her head. Mm. It was it was really beautiful to see. And their love story is one for the ages. That's a really good point. Because did you see her look when she
0: was holding the Bible? Did you yes. see how she was looking at him? Yes. You can't fake that. You I can't. Mean, to see a couple in love like that in the White House, two couples in love like that That's in the true. White House again. You know, she she looked like she was tearing up and then their whole family kind of surrounded him after he took the oath again, just with so much emotion. And
2: and we missed that. That love is so authentic, too. I mean, you all would laugh at how many Bidens were everywhere. (laughs) It's like and, you know, it is the the family members, you know, their real affinity for one another Mm -hmm. is it's special. But I think that they're doing everything they can to make sure that they uphold the highest level of ethics throughout all of this. And not backing down from sharing that love for one another, watching
1: the Biden grandkids walk down Pennsylvania Avenue, all of them holding hands together, you know that that's genuine. Did, you know, he made a very strong point about a
0: message to the world about America having been tested and we're stronger for it. That's the message. He wanted to leave the rest of the world who were no doubt watching very closely. And he also had a message for Congress You know, he said, we're going to get through this together, but let's set aside politics now because we have to face COVID as a nation. What do you guys think about those things?
2: I think it was so needed, you know, like pressing the reset. And we saw people come in with President Obama, you know, a Congress that said, the Republicans said, we don't want him to have any successes. And it's detrimental to the American people. Like Mm -hmm. I always said that a resistance... And I know there are a lot of people who are Democrats who have, you know, said a resistance is good. I I have always felt like resisting doesn't move the needle for Americans, and so I want to, you know, see that world in which you can find unlikely allies and move the ball forward. I think that that is how actually Joe Biden manages to bridge the difference and get people trusting him is when he actually does the things that Trump promised, like expanding health care for mm-hmm. people who are desperately in need, expanding you know, rights for small businesses, for you know, entrepreneurs, for expanding rights for workers, you know, expanding rights for people and opportunity, educational opportunity. That's how he wins the hearts and minds of Americans who are skeptical. That's right. And I think that,
1: you know, it's okay to disagree. We're not always going to meet on the same political values. But we have to commit to one another to try and do what's best for the country. And especially in the midst of this pandemic, we have to get this right. Our portrayal on a world stage, you know, we've always been viewed as this light on a hill. We've always been a superpower. And now we see all these countries with their borders close to us, all of these countries in a lot of ways laughing at us. And
2: we have to be able to come back. Yeah. No, that was among the many untruths of President Trump was when he said that we were not leading the world stage with President Obama. In fact, he was coalition building for our kids' future, for climate change, for and that is a slow process. Joe Biden will be able to go back in with the humility, but I do believe that he will even in doing some international interviews today, there are a lot of world powers rooting for us right now. So I think they're going to give him him, the ability to have impact.
0: And I think there's a lot of world leaders recognizing what they saw today because this is the kind of speech that you hear from an American president. But there was something that did feel very fresh, which is when our poet laureate Amanda Gorman hit the stage. And she came right after Lady Gaga and JLo, who we can talk about in a second. But I, I think Amanda deserves top billing here because she gave such an incredible, I mean, I don't know, speech, performance, uh, reading, I mean, sermon, it was amazing. <laughs> it was and everything. <laughs> everyone was just at rapt attention. I think it was This moment where all of the emotion everyone's been feeling for all of these years just culminating in this young, young girl passionately speaking
1: our soul to Mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And to do it at 22 on the world stage, Mm -hmm. to have that opportunity, I can't imagine the joy that she must have felt, but to speak with so much passion and conviction and I mean, I know that you both must be proud. She's an LA native, but to hear her say these words, but while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith, we trust. For while our eyes are on the future, history has its eyes on us. And that line, very much from Hamilton, it yes. just it resonated and it brought tears to my eyes. And I was just I was so incredibly proud. To see this young black woman standing there speaking to the soul of our country.
2: So I agree wholeheartedly. When I was watching Amanda, I was like, if that is our future, that is bright. She was, she talked about wanting to be president. And believe you me, we got to seek her out. make sure she's on the straight and narrow and she's on the right path. (laughs) But I I think, you know, the, the seriousness with which she took this democracy just shows how small the previous president's role will go down in history as. And I hope for all of us that we can find our inner Amanda and stand up at every moment that's tough like she did.
0: She definitely had her eyes on the future. She is our future, and even her words, I mean, the ones that stood out the most to me, were she said, being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it.
1: God, that's beautiful. It's just, it takes my breath away. It right? really does. i am We have to look to our past, and she's right, and to recognize that again at 22. If we don't look at that past, and especially what has taken place over the past two weeks even, then we can't move forward as a nation. And if we don't address what has taken place, then, like they say, we're doomed to repeat it. So for her to acknowledge that is really important.
0: The reality is we're in a rebuilding mode. We are. And President Biden is already being honest with us and keeping it real with us like he promised. He's not coming in here saying it's going to be easy. He's saying, you know, we have to face COVID. We have to face racial inequality. We have to face climate change. We have to help our economy. There's so much on his plate right now.
2: Oh, I was going to say on all of our plates, right? Like, I mean, all of us traveled with President Obama around the world, and we set up these events for years. I watched President Obama speak to hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people. And every time I think people would get energized, but they would think, okay, well, President Obama going to do it. And I hope that the Biden administration and Joe Biden Include all Americans throughout this whole journey because the truth is the only way we get there is when we form a chorus and when we all stay involved in our democracy.
1: Well, I think when we look at that and how we form this chorus and how we bring more people to the table and bring more people into the fold, that's what this administration has already come out the gates doing to make the administration reflective and especially in the senior leadership positions and white house positions reflective of what our country looks like in the diversity of our country has been an incredible step in that
2: i just i think the long road ahead like includes all of us coming to the table and and you know as all of us have been integrally involved in this um, throughout, like that is as simple as joining the school site council. It is as simple as, you know, like supporting a PTA. It is as simple as joining a community center. It is as simple as, you know, like going to church and supporting your community and listening to people and getting them involved in our government and in our destiny. And that is the only way that we are together going to make this country and the world better.
0: The sense of diversity and inclusion extended all the way even to the entertainment. We saw everyone from Garth Brooks to Lady Gaga to JLo. And one of the things that really struck me, you know, for background in the Obama White House, I was deputy director of Hispanic media and working with my community within the White House and understanding how important it is to have someone like Jennifer Lopez on the stage speaking Spanish, you know, in the middle of her performance. These, are, these were all nods to our different communities that we were all represented on that stage and all welcome.
2: No, it's, it's a changing demographic of America. And I think that every single one of the performers really shared their art with us. I loved that Garth Brooks asked us all to join in. Mm -hmm. I I just, and then to have a Republican remind us all of President Obama singing Amazing Grace, that is just one of my favorite moments. (laughs) I loved that.
1: I think overall, when we look at the events of the day, everything from Trump leaving this morning to church to... The ceremonies and the speeches and the music, Alejandro, just the way that they performed and hearing her speak Spanish and hearing Gaga belt out those words and even hearing Garth Brooks sing and take off his hat and just cheer on America. It made me feel so optimistic, and I fully recognize, you know, the optimism that I feel is different from the intentional hope that we have to go into this next, especially the next 100 days. I was just so overjoyed, and even seeing later on when the president and vice president were laying the wreath at Arlington, and it's a site that I have been at so many times with President Obama, and then the vice president, it just brought back what's important in the service and sacrifice of so many people to and for our country and the legacy of service that President Biden brings to the table and walking in those doors as we talk about a day one ready administration and everything that they have. They're ready. They've set themselves up to be ready.
0: They are ready. And We're going to start seeing a lot of action, executive orders, and so on coming out of this administration. I know that talking about the first hundred days is top of mind for us. And we have a great guest this coming week who is Sunil Shah, who was with us at the White House and actually founded the White House Office of Social Innovation and Civic Participation. So she's going to help us unpack that next week. But first, before we let you guys go, we had so many potuses to choose from this week, but you know we had to give it to Amanda Gorman. Again, just such a stunning young woman, poet, talent, who I know we're going to see so much more of. And it really feels like a star was born today.
2: Truly. Our shout out this week goes to Alexandra O'Neill, who is the woman who designed Dr. Jill Biden's outfit today for inauguration from Marcarian. I loved that they all wore up and coming designers. I Mm -hmm. think, you know, when you have a platform, you use it to bring more people to the table, not suck up everything yourself. And that is what I saw our leaders do today, even in the designers they chose. And I I loved that.
0: Well, I hope you will all join us in soaking in this joy today, taking a deep breath and really reveling in what a, a wonderful, beautiful day it was and then rolling up our sleeves starting tomorrow and getting to work. And like I said join us next week when we're going to speak with Sunil Shah and really start talking about what exactly we should expect to see and hope to see from the Biden White House in the next 100 days.